Well, today being that it's Valentine's Day, I want to go to a story. And it really, like I said, I'm going to land on this topic of rejection. Mm -hmm. I've been rejected and hurt before. Rejection is not something easy to deal with. Mm -hmm. Uh, Rejection in it is you feel um, there's a feeling of insignificance. There's a feeling like I don't matter. Mm -hmm. There's a feeling of these are all feelings that people deal with that my life is worthless. Rejection to the, 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 the highest extreme can cause a person to become super depressed. Mm-hmm. And depression out of control can lead to thoughts that, you know, the worst can come out of that. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So rejection is not something easy. And it is not something that is unavoidable. In life, there will be times when you will feel rejected. Mm-hmm. Success doesn't stop rejection. Right. <laughs> uh, 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 production does not stop rejection. Right. There are many people who are successful, but still depressed. Mm-hmm. And you wonder why. You wonder why success is not curing mm-hmm. the ails that I feel. Have you ever been? I've been there. I've, I consider myself somebody that God has blessed. And I, when people ask me how I'm doing, I always say things like, if I complain, I should be beaten Mm -hmm. because God in the, in the, in the, in the concept of world success Mm -hmm. has, I'm not, I'm not wealthy, but I'm not suffering. Amen. He's been good to me, but I know that the things that he's allowed me to attain Mm -hmm. and possess Mm -hmm. still don't fix some of the complications yes. in here. Yes. You know, uh, to give you an example, you might have been rejected by a parent and you still went on to be successful, but no matter what, you're always living for the attention, hoping that parent will finally approve yeah. or finally uh, approve your worth. Do you know how many people are watching me right now or people that will listen to this program and whether it be on radio or wherever they would hear it mm-hmm. not many people are constantly hoping and living for the approval of someone else mm-hmm. someone is so powerful in your life mm-hmm. that they have the key to tell you that you're finally accepted wow. And you know how many people are battling with that? Mm. And they transfer it. They transfer that feeling. So so if it happened with a parent, Mm. they transfer it to work. Mm. Different character, but if they see similar things happening to them, Mm -hmm. they start treating that person the same way. They walk around with the rejection, always feeling like I've got to prove myself. And it causes people to make a lot of bad decisions. When you're rejected, the need to be approved can cause you to make a lot of bad decisions, doing things that will cause you to really, in essence, hurt yourself. Someone who's been rejected by a spouse might throw themselves at somebody else. Just the need to want to be felt love. And so people often find themselves in, in places and hoping love would stay. Only to wake up and that person's gone. And 
Then you got another person. That person's gone, and that person's gone. And this cycle continues. People after people coming into your life. And then you ask yourself, why do I just let these people walk in and out my life? Why do I let them just come and, and, and I, I jump? Somebody's why. Type amen in the chat room if you can relate to this. You've asked yourself, why did I let this person just walk all over me like this? And then you said, I'll never do it again, only to say, why did I let that happen again? Why did I let that happen again? And over and over it happens. You know, um, if infidelity, infidelity has occurred in a marriage, there are spouses living together that are trying to overcome that. But that feeling of rejection is there. And they don't know how to. There's a marriage, but there's an unspoken thing underneath and they don't know how to because somebody broke that trust. And the person that did it, you know, for whatever reason they did it, um, it's their weakness, mm. their fault. Mm. But we internalize that as something is wrong with me. Do you know how many people are divorced that can't move past the divorce because they internalize the divorce as what is wrong with me? When the truth is nothing is wrong with you. That person has a lust issue or they have an out of control problem that they never fixed. You just never noticed it was there Mm. and it came out. And as a result, now you internalize it as you. You know how many people, hallelujah. um, I can go on and on about this. And so I want to go to the word of the Lord and I want to help you today because if you're living life, The word of God says that Jesus came that you might have life and life more abundantly. What is the point of any type of success? What is the point of any elevation if in your mind you're hurting and you're bleeding from what somebody is not doing? Mm -hmm. And, you know, the truth of the matter is that you can get to a place where you are just used to rejection that now when people actually don't reject you, it's strange mm-hmm. to you. Yeah. That when people actually love you and are showing you what real love looks like, mm-hmm. you, you, you're so used to rejection that you push those people away and go back to the ones that reject you. It's like, mm-hmm. it's, it's like, it's like the, the girl who is looking for a man and here's a good man. He's got all his stuff together. He is a college grad. Mm-hmm. He is working. Mm-hmm. He is taking care of his business. Mm-hmm. And everybody's saying, you know, this is a great guy. Mm-hmm. But for some reason, she keeps going and trying to find the guy mm-hmm. who's going to hurt her, mm-hmm. cheat on her, mm-hmm. and just can't. And you're just looking like, how do you end up? With such, these are realities, you know, and the culture comes and says, it's because women love thugs. No, there's something, ain't ain't nobody going to wake up and be like, I want a dude to shoot me in the head. That's not what's happening. It's something else that, that is triggering the need to want to be with the guy that don't want me. What is it about that person that, that. The one who's approving of you. No, it's the one that I that don't want me, that I need to want me. Yeah. 
So I'm going to stay here until they want me. Meanwhile, you're dying and hurting. Why? It's because they have been rejected in so many areas, right? And I'm no psychologist here. This is just my thoughts from what I've seen, my, you know, few years of pastoring. Um, this is not a broad brush to say these are all the cases, amen? But in some scenarios, this is the case. It's just because they've been hurt at some point and they feel the need to, to in some way, make somebody approve of them. Yeah. And until that happens, they can't let go. So what they have done is identified with the rejection in their life. Mm-hmm. I've been rejected. I've been hurt. I've been um, overlooked. I've been overlooked because obviously uh, I wasn't the right, at times, the right culture. Mm-hmm. At times, I wasn't the right. Um, I could go on and on, man. Mm-hmm. I was in the right whatever. And people overlooked me. People overlooked the gift that was in me. People looked at me at times and didn't want to help me that could have helped me. Mm-hmm. Because they already had determined my future in their mind and Mm -hmm. all that I will ever amount to. Mm -hmm. People have looked at me and told me what I can't get and cannot get. Mm -hmm. And people have, I've heard it. And the worst is when you hear it and it comes from sources that you love. And people have, who can help you just reject you and they slap your hands. And people, especially when you've helped them and you needed them. Mm -hmm. In your moments when you say, man, I've poured so much into somebody's life and now they have the opportunity to pour back and they don't. And you begin to wonder, what is it? Is this something about me? Pastors go through that a lot. If you're a pastor watching, I know you get rejected a lot. I know. And I just want to say this because I know a lot of pastors tune into our programming. If you're a pastor and you're watching this, if you're a leader and you're watching this, being a leader is constantly at times yeah. having people um, just do things that makes you feel they don't recognize mm-hmm. who you are. But you know what? You got to keep going. And I just pray that the message today can help. Amen. 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 That was a long intro. <laughs> I don't know. Maybe the Lord wanted yeah. me to go that way. My story's taken from the book of Genesis chapter 29, and I'm going to put a couple of scriptures up there, and I'm just going to read them. And so let me tell you the story was happening here before I read my scripture. This is the story of Jacob, Rachel, and Leah. <laughs> Talk about a love triangle. It's not one that Jacob wanted, but he got it. <laughs> Jacob's name is a good indication of what type of brother he was. He was definitely a hustler. And he was definitely a schemer. And he hustled his brother out of his birthright. He hustled his father into giving him all the blessings of the firstborn. And uh, he was now sent away by his mother. So what had happened was he was on the run because uh, in tradition, all of the blessings that the father would give would go to the firstborn. Him and his mother came up with a scheme to trick Isaac, who was his father, into blessing him. So he got blessed and he got every all of the promises that the father would have um, in the tradition that they lived in. When the brother comes home, the brother finds out he's been tricked again, not once, but twice mm-hmm. from this brother. And he's burning with rage because the father said, I don't have anything left for you. I gave it all to your brother. 
And so he was burning with rage and wanted to kill Jacob. The mother said, listen, man, you got to flee until your brother anger subside. Then you can come back. So he flees. The mother sends him to her brother, Laban, right? His uncle and says, listen, I got a brother, you know, <laughs> I need you to go lay low here <laughs> until you because right now Esau want to saw your head off. <laughs> so um, you need to go. And that's so violent for the kids. <laughs> Sorry, parents. Oh. But go go lay low over at Uncle Laban. So he gets over to Laban. And by the time he gets there, you know, they bring him in. They welcome him in the house. He sees this beautiful girl. The Bible says, the Bible said this. Mm -hmm. The Bible says her figure was beautiful she was she was a woman of beauty and so you know you know how men do men men don't look at outward appearance men want to check your mind <laughs> that's what happened with me you sister Sherry. yeah when i first saw you the lord showed me a vision of your brain and i fell <laughs> yes. in love y'all know how we do <laughs> fellas i don't care how much people try to act like they looking for them first your eyes is the first thing you you choose with all right and so my man chose with his eyes. Mm -hmm. And so he looked at her and the Bible says he was in love. He was in love. There was another sister present in the mix, an older sister. And the older sister, the Bible said that she had weak eyes, yeah. right? Mm -hmm. And... In other words, the Bible is trying to say that in humanity, everybody was judging the younger sister based on how she looked, mm -hmm. not based on character, quality, or what God says about her, mm -hmm. or what God is going to do through her. Mm -hmm. They were judging based on what society's norms were. Mm -hmm. And so one sister was loved and the other one wasn't even noticed, yeah. right? I don't know, but somebody could relate to that. Amen. Somebody watching right now, you might have never looked the part. You might have never been tall enough. You, you, you know, <laughs> plastic surgery is a booming business Amen. now. Amen. People are injecting all sorts of stuff in their face. <laughs> that just sounds so harsh. They inject and they, they want to make their body parts bigger, this part smaller, this part if, and they look at themselves. And I want you to know today that you are fearfully and wonderfully made. Amen. God had to teach me that. God had to teach me that on many occasions that he does not make mistakes. Amen. And even when you go and you do all of this to try to look so that people can love you, the problem with them not loving you is was never you. Mm -hmm. It was them. Yeah. And there are many parents that do this foolishness to their children. Mm. There are many parents that look at their children and regurgitate the same nonsense that happened to them to their children. Yeah. Oh, this, this is my daughter. She's the beautiful one. Mm -hmm. Or this is my son. He's the one who accomplished. And you overlook your other children. And it hurts. Yeah. And I know many people can relate to that. Amen. You know, Amen. growing up in a home where you were always compared or always forgotten about or you weren't the successful one. Mm. And that's, that's what was literally happening in the house to the point where the Bible says 
Jacob, and I'm, I, I want to rush through this because I realize I'm taking a lot of time. Story time today with Pastor yes. Rich. You enjoying this? Yes, of course. Are you all enjoying this? Yes. If you're enjoying this, um, I was going to say amen. something. <laughs> say amen. <laughs> Share it or do something. <laughs> amen. But my guy, my guy got and he saw Rachel and he said, yo, man, I love this girl so much. And all the ladies want a man to love them like Jacob. You want you a man that's going to love you like Jacob loved Rachel. Mm. He said, hey, Laban, <laughs> hey, unk, <laughs> <laughs> I want to marry Rachel. Right. And I worked seven years. <laughs> Some dudes won't even work just a job <laughs> to keep their family together. Yes. You understand what I'm saying? Right. Some dudes won't get a book of Job, a job, hallelujah, just to take care of their family. Some dudes, some dudes, you know, they won't even, you know, I know Valentine's Day is a scam, but the truth of the matter is some dudes will take, take the girl and talk about, you can supersize it today. They won't even, you know. I come from an era, I know today we live in an era where like women don't, are told you don't need a man and mm. don't let a man do anything for you. The other day I saw a lady at the gas station and I saw her and I saw her, uh, you know, wrestling with the gas mm -hmm. stuff and it was COVID-19. So I said, you know, I was wrestling whether I should go help <laughs> right. or she might, you know, and my mind went to a thought, there was a time when it was cool to practice chivalry to go over and help mm -hmm. women, right? Yeah. But then a thought came to my mind. We live in an era where women get offended and I'll be like, you think because I'm a woman, mm. I can't pump my own gas? Mm. And so men are really confused mm. in this era as to how to deal with it. Right, right. This is going a whole, <laughs> this could be a whole talk show here. Men are so confused with how to deal with a woman because you're taught to be nice to women. And then when you're being nice, the women are like, don't do that for me. I am woman. Hear me roar. And you're like, all right, bro. And then so you lay back so much that you like, hey, yo. Could you go lift the engine out the car? <laughs> and the woman's like, I'm a woman. Yeah. You know, you like, but I, you know, I was going somewhere with all that. <laughs> I know where I was going with that. You, at times, you, you know, you men, you don't want to, you want to, you want to, don't let the culture change. You being nice to a woman. Right. Amen. Amen. Don't let the culture. And I try my best, Sister Sherry. Mm. I try to be. I know I fall short in mm. several areas. Mm. I'm trying. Don't be ooing me like you ain't got no. See, that's why Valentine's Day is such a scam. Because like, yo, you know, we do. But the truth of the matter is, don't be patient. Be kind to your wife. Mm. Love your wife. Mm -hmm. Care for your wife. Don't let the culture make you think that, you know, don't, don't do all. If you're a young man and you're dating, a, 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 you, you know, you're courting and trying to get married, you don't, don't let the culture make you. You be nice. Mm. 
You do. Let the woman tell you, I don't need your help. Mm. But don't let the help never be offered. Do you follow what I'm saying? Let the woman tell you, I got it. But don't ever let the help not be offered. Now, don't be the type of dude that be like, she says she got it, I'm gone. And you know she she still need help, but she just, you know. And some dudes that just be lazy. Wife got, I'm going to get myself in trouble because I'm, I'm guilty <laughs> of a little bit of it myself. Mm. There are times I be sitting there, I be like, I know Sister Sherry got like 20 grocery bags. I be like, you need help? Mm. Sister Sherry said, I got it. I be like, all right. <laughs> Yeah. And then the Holy Spirit be like, you know you need to get your lazy self up. Mm. Stop saying, mm. yeah. amen, hallelujah. Mm-hmm. This message is hurting me today. Anybody <laughs> <laughs> still watching us? Yeah. Amen, hallelujah. Y'all with us? Y'all with us? Amen. So, so, so check us out, y'all. This, this man said, I worked seven years for this woman. Ladies and gentlemen, treat each other good in the marriage. Mm-hmm. All right? Right. So, he done worked his seven years. Mm-hmm. And it's time to get married. Right. He's ready to get married to who the Bible says she is beautiful and got a beautiful shape. Mm-hmm. Beautiful figure. Right? And my man is like, it's my wedding day you know he's ready to get married and so the father-in-law laban throws a big feast Mm -hmm. and i'm suspecting there was a reason he wanted to make it a really big feast he was gonna bring a lot to drink Mm. (laughs) i don't know if there was a lot to drink or not but i'm gonna tell you why i'm saying these things in a minute So in Genesis 29, look at what it says, verse number 23. Would you throw that up there for me? It says, now it came to pass in the evening that he took Leah. This is Laban. Mm -hmm. This is the night of the wedding. And this is what he did. He took Leah, the daughter, and brought her to Jacob. And he went into her. Now I chose this version specifically so that, that he went into her. Parents, wink, wink. We, amen, right? So Jacob is thinking he's marrying Rachel. The father brings Leah and the two of them go consummate the marriage. But he's with Leah. He's not with Rachel. Put back up the scripture. I want to finish reading that, right? And Laban gave his maids, uh, Zilpah and his daughter Leah, as a maid. Go on. And when the Lord, oh, no, no, oh, 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 so, so, so stop right there. Stop right there. Bring it back on me. So, so he went in and theologians argue as to what happened because the Bible says that over the night, Mm -hmm. he spent the entire night with his new wife Mm -hmm. thinking it's Rachel. And when he woke up in the morning, he then realized it was Leah and he ran out. He said, hey, Unc, Laban, yeah. <laughs> that ain't her, yeah. right? You didn't gave me the wrong. Now, there's so many things here that I'm going to need a whole series just for this part of a series. First of all, you got the father who pans his daughter off. 
in his mind, he don't think anybody's going to marry her and that I'm going to have to trick anybody into marrying her. He doesn't know that. He doesn't know that. He is determined just because she looks a certain way. Nobody will ever want her. And so he he figures, I got to hurry up her and get married. There's a couple things there. Number one, nobody ever determines what God has for you. Listen, God, if God wants you to get married, Mm -hmm. you're going to get married. Don't ever let nobody tell you you don't look the part. You don't this. You got all this is wrong with you. And don't let culture and Instagram and all this stuff. And you look at all these other women think you got to be like everybody else. When people are looking, some people look for all types of stuff with all types of motive. But who's for you? God is going to bring them for you. But this father determined that ain't nobody going to want his daughter. And so he's going to have to trick Jacob in order to get rid of his wife. Now, later on, he says it's a custom and he tries to act like that. But the fact is, if that was a custom, you should have made that known from the inception to say, if you want to marry Rachel, you're going to have to take Leah, too. But he never made that known, which shows that he is deceiving on purpose to get rid of her. Let me tell you something. Don't ever let nobody determine your worth. I remember a man looked at me one time and told me that I look like a renter. Oh, yeah. If I ever meet that dude again. I'm not going to be a pastor for that moment. <laughs> mm. you, don't, you don't get to tell me. But that's what the father did. Yeah. Do you know how hurtful that must have been? And here's something that for the first time I ever thought about. We always look at Leah in this situation. Mm. But Rachel was well aware that it was her wedding night. Mm. And something's going on with Rachel too. Mm. That she is letting this go. Knowing she's supposed to be going. So, so this father got all types of stuff going on with these girls here. And, 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 and you can see that now play out when they get married. So, so that's number one. The second thing is, don't you ever let anybody hurry you to get married. Yeah. That's his thing too, right? You know, sometimes you're single. And just let me talk to the single people today. Mm-hmm. Don't let there be any pressure because people that are younger than you getting married. Don't you let that be a pressure coming from other people that you need to get married. You you know, some people that, that are trying to get married, Mm -hmm. they're looking They're you know, they, they, they putting themselves out there, you know, and it's not that they don't want to get married, Mm -hmm. but they aren't for whatever reason, the Lord knows the right person didn't Mm -hmm. come for you. And then you always got the one person like Laban who comes along and says, you need yeah, to get married. As soon as you meet them, uh, the first thing you want to say, you're not married yet. You're not married. If you're that type of person, stop telling people that they need to get married. They need to get married. You, you, you are. Sometimes people go home and they hurt from that. Yeah, it's true. They go home and they like, as soon as they come to the party and everybody's there, the first thing they say to you is, you're not married. And in the party, you're like, <sighs> don't do that. But this is what the father did. He didn't think she was. And then when this man, now I just want to take a second to say this. It gets even worse because imagine being an entire night with someone and they never recognize who you were. Man, if I was in church city and the kids were in kids church, I'd go ham right here. Because you know how many women are in this position that are with men that are not recognizing who you are. 
and they give themselves over hoping to be loved. Mm. Can you imagine that all through that whole entire night, he's with her and does not know her. Mm. Now, theologians argue as to why that could be. Mm. Going back to what I said, they said maybe Laban threw this feast to get him drunk. And because he was drunk, he couldn't recognize him because it was dark. Well, if he was drunk and couldn't recognize him, was out of his state of mind, imagine that people have to do that Mm. in order to be, you know what I'm saying? Like someone has to be, (laughs) the other side of the theological argument is that Leah probably veiled herself Mm -hmm. all night Mm. to make sure he doesn't know Mm. it's her. That is even more hurtful Mm -hmm. to know that I've always got to hide who I am in order for you to be with me. Mm. That's hurtful. And nobody should ever have to hide who they are in order to feel loved or to feel like somebody want them. Mm. The father had to hide her Mm. and now she had to hide herself And then when the man finally discovers, he is blatant Mm. about, I don't want her. Can you imagine what it feels like to be Leah? I'm sure you can. Mm. I'm sure there's times in your life where people who were watching felt like that. It might not have been in a relationship. It might be in a job environment. It might be in career. Maybe you auditioned for something and people said you're not the part. Mm. Maybe you put, you know, you're a musician and people overlook you. Maybe you are a designer. Maybe you made something. Maybe you're an artist. Maybe you, something God has given you. And every time you do it, the world rejects it and rejects it. And you're wondering, God, what's up? Well, I want to close. I'm bringing this to a close. I was going to preach short today. But it's you messing me up with all these stories we got. (laughs) Look at what the Bible says in Genesis 29. Put up the other scripture. In 29.31, look at what the Bible says. And the Lord saw that Leah was unloved. Oh, I I need my church back, Sherry. You see right there? Right there, that's that's a preacher's dream right there. Because this way I want to preach fire back into your heart and passion. Yeah. And everybody else might not be seeing your condition, but God sees it. And when God saw that Leah was unloved, and don't you think for a minute, put this camera back on me. Don't you think for a minute that that I wish I were, I don't care about all that. I want to be as beautiful as Rachel. I want to have her features and all. Listen, the tables are about to turn because you see Rachel has issues. As beautiful as she was, she wasn't content. You see, because you always think that what somebody else got is going to be what brings me joy in life. And you can get what somebody else got only to realize, 
Oh, now that I got what they got and God has allowed me to be in a position, mm-hmm. I'm twisted. Yes. And you might see people that you think have what you wish they have, but aren't satisfied because there's nothing that satisfies other than the love of God. Yes. And so the Bible says that even though she was unloved and the other one who was beautiful and was loved, she just couldn't. That was nothing to her. No way along this journey, Jacob loved for her. She didn't even beef about her not being in the wedding in the first night it it seemed like she she just was entitled because of how she looked but entitlement i I don't want to go off on rachel too because she's a wonderful i don't i don't know that i blame laban (laughs) you know but 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 for some reason uh, here's the point i'm trying to make because i don't want to be harsh on rachel too because but the clearly there people looked at her and said because she's beautiful she is better off but you don't know that when sometimes somebody here's two situations someone only judges Leah based on how she looks and doesn't have but somebody looks at the other one and says you are only your looks and never see what she is or capable of and so she's not satisfied either And then the tables turn, the tables turn, and you begin to see that Rachel couldn't have children. But that ain't, you know, that's a, this is a whole nother series. But the Bible says when Leah was unloved, God stepped in and he begun to bless her with children. But I want you to see the names of the children and to show you how deeply rooted this rejection was. Can you put my scripture back up, please? Hallelujah. Put, put, put it back up. Hallelujah. It says, when the Lord saw that he was on love, he opened up her womb. God will give you something that will bless you. But Rachel was barren. So Leah, hallelujah, conceived and bore a son and she called his name Reuben. For she said, the Lord has surely looked on my affliction. Now, therefore, my husband will love me. And God is loving her. But the love of God, she just is still living for the love of this man. Right? And look at what the Bible says. Go on to the next verse. The Bible says this. That when, hallelujah, then she conceived again, and, ha- and, and, and bore a son, and she said, because the Lord has heard that I am unloved, he has therefore given me this son also. And she called the name Simeon, and she conceived again and bore a son. And she said, now the time, now this time, my husband will become attached to me. Because I have borne him three sons. Therefore, his name is called Levi. So she is naming her production after her bitterness. (laughs) Her, Her works. But God was trying to teach her something. And something happened between these children that when she got to the next one, look at what happened. And she conceived again and bore a son and said, now, you know what I'm going to do now? <laughs> it seems like the love of the Lord gripped her. Something happened along with she says, now I will praise the Lord 
Therefore, she called his name Judah. Then she stopped bearing. Now, why is that significant? I'm going to show you why it's significant, and I'm gone. She bore the other three sons that were very important in the kingdom of God. Yeah. These, all these children became part of the tribes of Israel. Mm-hmm. But when she got to Judah, she, did, she wasn't focusing on Jacob's love anymore. She said, I'm going to make a choice right now to praise. the." It seems like she begun to overlook her life and say, God has blessed me with children. And these are mighty men that I'm bearing that will become a great. I don't know what happened, but somewhere along the line, she begun to look at not what she didn't have anymore, but all that she had and said, I am going to praise the Lord. And when she decided to praise the Lord, she named the child Judah. Now, why is that significant? Because when she decided to praise the Lord, she had the significant child. If you know Bible, you know Judah ain't no normal. Come on, somebody. Ah, Hallelujah. I heard, hallelujah, that there was a man by the name of David who came from the tribe of Judah. But David wasn't the significance, Mm -hmm. the son of David, the one that they said, thou son of David, have mercy on me, Mm -hmm. came from Judah. That is who? The lion of the tribe of Judah. His name is Jesus. And Jesus... Lineage came from when mama who was rejected mm-hmm. decided that I'm not going to let the rejection reign. You see, you can't have Jesus yes. come into the situation mm-hmm. and be the... Uh, yes. y'all, you cannot be the same when you decide, hallelujah, to allow Jesus to be who he is. Yes. And the moment she decided to praise the Lord... Mm-hmm. Judah was born. She named that one Judah. And from that one, hallelujah, came Jesus. What am I trying to say? That you can't let your rejection be who you are. At some point, you got to say, God is good to me. The God that made me fearfully and wonderfully made me. Hallelujah. I might not have everything you have, but I noticed that everything you have, you still aren't satisfied. So what's the point in wanting to be you when you don't like you? Hallelujah. Uh, He might not like me. She might not like me. They might not like me. But you know what? Uh, In the words of my good brother, truth, I like me. Hallelujah. Do you like me? <laughs> You've got to learn that God is in love with you and that God has a plan. And when you make the decision that you're not going to let it affect you and you allow yourself, how do you overcome it? She's showing you. She's showing you. How do I come? I'm going to praise God. Yeah. I'm going to give God what's due to him. Yes. I'm going to put him first. Mm-hmm. I'm going to stop seeking. I'm going to tell God, God, I'm hurting, but you're still God. Yes. God, I, I'm, I've been rejected, but you're God. Yes. God, I'm going to praise you. I don't know what type of praise she had. Mm-hmm. Maybe, maybe she started screaming out. Maybe she started worshiping. Maybe her worship was to a next level. Mm-hmm. Maybe she started moving different. Yes. Maybe she, because these two sisters became nice. To, uh, at one point, they were, they, you, there was so much going on with yes. these two. This is yes. just a whole book and a movie here. Yes. Hallelujah. But, but, but maybe she started to praise and worship and move different and act different. 
And it was from there Jesus came. Mm -hmm. And when you decide, hallelujah, to say, God, I don't have the answer for what I'm feeling, but I'm just going to praise you. Mm -hmm. When I get success, I'm not going to look to see if mama is in approval or ex-spouse is seeing yeah. or the, this one. I'm going to praise you for the success. Mm -hmm. I'm, when I get a child, I'm not going to look to see if my husband loved me. That's what she was doing. Yeah. Whenever, whenever you bless me, I wouldn't praise you. Mm. I would look to see that they see. And yeah. that's what we do with God's blessings mm. when we are broken. Mm. And that is why there are so many blessed people looking at this camera right now. But you don't feel blessed. Mm. And you cannot appreciate the blessing because all we do with the blessing is showcase it, hoping that wherever the rejection came from can see mm. and finally approve of us. It is not until when you get blessed that the first person you want approval from mm. is God that you will be free. And she finally stopped looking at her blessings to see what her husband would say. And when she was blessed, she looked to God. That's how you get freedom, y'all. I'm done, Sister Sherry. I'm done. I'm done. I'm done. If you're watching me and you've never asked Jesus into your heart, you want to start there. Would you pray with me today? Say, Father God, Father God I, ask you I ask you to come into my life, come into my life and forgive me, forgive me of, every sin. of every sin. God, God I, know you love me. I know you love me. God, God help, me help me to let that, to let that really, really take, root take root in my heart. In my heart. That God, that God, it would be more than enough. It would be more than enough. Because it, it is. But sometimes, but sometimes my, brokenness my brokenness might not cause me to see that. Might not cause me to see that. You died, you died and, rose and rose that I may live. That I may live. Set me free. Set me free. I'm your child, I'm your child from, today. from today. In Jesus' name. In Jesus name. Amen. Thank you for watching once again. We pray blessings on you and your family. And we're doing a tremendous work here in New York City. We believe the Lord has called us here. It cost us. We are grateful for everyone that sows into our ministry. And if you're watching and you feel led to sow, you can go to churchcityusa.com. You can sow into our ministry. Hey, listen, every bit help. It doesn't matter how big or small. We bless God for you. And uh, we love you. And we want to continue to do the work of the ministry. Thank you. This is your boy, 